0: Welcome to episode 51 of The Wrap, a weekly show where I bring you up to speed on the movie news and the fun things from the past week. Today is Friday, October 11th, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. Well, this past weekend we had quite the movie debut. Uh, It did uh, well at the box office. It was number one, and it was one fantastic film. I would call it the best film I have seen so far this year. That film was Gravity, and it was quite amazing. Uh very amazing it opened to the tune of 84.2 million worldwide that breakdown is 55.7 million over the weekend domestically and 28.4 million foreign and then through uh, over the past week it did cross the 100 million mark already and i have a feeling that this film is so good that people are going to want to see it again and they're going to tell their friends and bring their friends to see it so i expect another good week for the film this weekend uh, with uh, Captain Phillips debuting, it probably won't be number one. I expect Captain Phillips to be number one, because I expect that to be good as well. But I expect it to have another good weekend and to go on and make some good money. It had a budget of a $100 million, and it was a little bit troubled in its production. It took uh, over four years to make this film and a change of cast. Uh, a lot of this film was done in complete CGI, and then the CGI had to be redone once the principal uh, photography was filmed with the actors and lots of things. But it was well worth it. This film was quite amazing. Certainly, if this film is not nominated for an Oscar, uh, it's going to be a, a shame, and I will have lost faith in the system altogether. Number two at the box office was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Quite a change of tone from Gravity, but that was number two on a budget of $78 million. It's now up to $71 million worldwide. worldwide. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm just not interested in this film. I know people have told me that it's a good film, but whatever, I'm not interested. That was number two. Number three, Runner Runner, budget of thirty million. It made thirty-one point one million worldwide for its first weekend outing. So it's made its production budget back. Has a little ways to go to get up to uh, profitability. Uh, and uh, it looks an awful lot like a bomb of a film to me. And I'm probably not going to see it. At least not in the theater. We'll see. Number four was Prisoners on a budget of forty-six million. It's now up to sixty-two million worldwide. And this was another fantastic film. Uh, a good strong contender for the box office uh, at the moment. Number five was Rush on a budget of $38 million. It brought in $48.1 million, uh, thus far worldwide. And this is the second weekend for Rush. Number six, Don Jean. Uh, it is now to $17.5 million worldwide on a budget of just $6 million. So uh, yeah, that's doing pretty well. Number seven, baggage claim, $15.1 million gross. The budget is not available, which tells me the studio is, is a little embarrassed about how much money they spent on this film. And it doesn't look like a great film. Number eight, Insidious Chapter Two. This is quite amazing in terms of budget of five million. It's made eighty-seven point three million worldwide. I mean, that's uh, the film deserves applause just for that achievement alone. That's seventeen point four times the production budget. So uh, that's what's going on at the box office this past weekend, and as we head into this weekend, we'll see how it stacks up uh, on Monday, or actually on Tuesday, when I publish the next box office report. I believe I'm going to move my box office report to Tuesday permanently, just a little easier to manage that way. All right, uh, in other news, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had even bigger gains in time-shifted viewing last week, uh, or I should say this past week. Uh, based on live plus three day data for the second episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the new ABC drama saw significantly bigger TV playback gains than for its premiere telecast. The show surged to 51%, uh, the show surged 51% to 4.92 adult 18 through 49 rating, up from a 38% increase from its debut telecast. Uh, And this is not surprising to me. I mean, that just means we've gained a lot of time-shifted viewers, and the type of people who would watch this show probably are much more keen to time-shift their viewing. I know that's what I do. I do it through Hulu. I don't even do it through conventional time-shifting means or whatever you call conventional time-shifting means. Most people would DVR it, I suppose. Uh, So I do it through Hulu, and that's the way I watch most of my live uh, current TV shows is through Hulu um and so I, I really hope that our rating system can be moved to really take that into account and understand that audience and say, you know what, this is a good way that you know we can't just base our ratings on live viewership. Uh but that's the scoop on Agents of Shield that has bigger games and time-shifted viewing. The Hobbit trilogy has cost five hundred and sixty-one million dollars to date. Uh Boromir says in the picture I chose for this post that one does not simply make one Hobbit movie. Jermaine uh, Lucier over at Slash Film says the original Hobbit trilogy reportedly cost 281 million to make. The Hobbit trilogy has cost 561 million so far. That's not including post-production on the third film or reshoots this past summer to extend the series into a trilogy. And while the massive budgets for these movies might sound excessive, the first movie alone more than covered the cost. And yes, I understand that, and I understand from the studio's perspective that therefore it is a good move because they've spent uh the, the the first film has already covered the cost that they've spent on all three thus far, although they have more to spend uh there will be more money being expended on these films but but that has already been covered uh their their costs up to this point, and so certainly they're into much profitability with the uh, second and third film. At the same time, it just bugs me because this is such a bloated budget and such a bloated figure to spend on these films. This is Peter Jackson without the reins. This is him just cut loose and given to the excesses of filmmaking, and uh, it's it's a shame because these films, the Hobbit uh, trilogy, really probably should have only been two films in my estimation and should have been uh, much tighter, and uh, they would have been better films for it. So that's frustrating to me. Uh, and, uh, that's, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say there. That's, that's how I feel about that. Neil. Okay. I don't know how to say this guy's middle name. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGray. I don't know, whatever. Neil deGrasse, G D E G R A S S E. Neil deGrasse Titan, and Buzz Aldrin weigh in on gravity. Uh, and I did you <laughs> weigh in on gravity. Sorry for that terrible joke. It's, I I do have a weakness for those lame jokes, uh, And so, if you've, uh, as you already know from my box office report, uh, Gravity, uh, I enjoyed very much. uh, And I'm certainly not the only one. It has a 98% approval rating amongst critics. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson had some uh, tweets that kind of cast doubt on some of the things. Let me just read a couple of them for you Mysteries of Gravity Why Bullock, a medical doctor, is servicing the Hubble Space Telescope. Mysteries of Gravity How Hubble, 350 miles up, ISS, 230 miles up, and a Chinese space station are all in sight lines of one another. Mysteries of Gravity. When Clooney releases Bullock's tether, he drifts away. In zero G, a single tug brings them together. Mysteries of Gravity. Why Bullock's hair and otherwise convincing zero G scenes did not float freely on her head, etc., etc. He goes on to say, My tweets hardly ever convey opinion, mostly perspectives on the world. But if you must know, I really enjoyed gravity very much. So despite those tweets, he did enjoy gravity very much. It's just interesting to see, even though they were trying to be very realistic with gravity, the, um, the mistakes of, of reality that they made there. Buzz Aldrin did, uh, talk about how much he enjoyed the film. He says, I was so extravagantly impressed by the portrayal of the reality of zero gravity. Going through the space station, going through the space station was done just the way I've seen people do it in reality. Uh, so those are uh, two guys who are well-known, weighing in. One who's even been to space, weighing in on gravity. So they enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, so while we're talking about gravity yet again, uh, and of course it was just such a big movie and such a great movie, I released my review on Wednesday before we recorded the Movie bite podcast. Uh, that went live at 8 a.m. on Wednesday and uh, wrote quite a bit about it. I recommend that you read the review, of course. I gave the film four and a half stars, and uh, so you'll want to check that out. Uh, really enjoyed the film. And uh, got a good couple of good compliments on this review as well. Catching fire will use less shaky cam, but have more love triangle. This is according to Adam over at Collider.com. Speaking with New York Magazine, Francis Lawrence addressed his take on the material, noting that he has ditched Ross's camera style. No, no shaky cam. I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that. And I'm certainly one of those people. That was my big complaint about Ross. Uh, Gary Ross's uh shaky cam style of the of the first film, uh especially early on in the film, like as you got into the Hunger Games, it didn't bother me as much because it became more apparent that this was the the world was kind of going that way. But in the beginning it just didn't make any sense and I was really frustrated by that. And it was so shaky it was hard to follow sometimes. It's just not good cinematography. Uh, but then Lawrence also added that he has decided to focus more on the love story between Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss and Josh Hutcherson's PETA and Liam Hemsworth's Gale this time around. He says, I feel the love story in general was um, a bit buried in the first one. I wanted to bring the love story to the surface, and when I say love story, I mean the triangle. That part bothers me more because that was my least favorite aspect of the books, even though I enjoyed the books, and so I was hoping that we would not get into that as much in the films, but Francis Lawrence is going to make sure that we do, so... Yeah, it's a little frustrating, but that's the news on the Catching Fire front. Still looking forward to the film, still think it's going to be a good film, and really love the fact that it's going to have less shaky cam. NBC plans a Remington Steel sequel. Now, hang on to your lunch, guys. The Undertaking, also named Remington Steel, would center on Olivia Holt, daughter of Remington Steele and Laura Holt, played by Pierce Brosnan and Stephanie Zembalist in the original version. In the comedy, Miss Holt would reopen her parents' detective agency and soon find herself in the same kind of funny, action-filled situations that provided the background for Remington and Laura's five-season-long romance. I really loved the show Remington Steel. Uh, Of course, I didn't watch it at the time. I was way too young for that, but have gone back. And we, uh, when we, when my wife and I were first married and we began, uh, we actually started our Netflix account with DVDs. Can you believe it? That old physical media. Uh, We, one of the shows that we watched in its entirety through Netflix, them sending us a disc every, you know, every time we sent one back was Remington Steel. And we really enjoyed that. And so I love Remington Steel, believe it or not, even though it's an old TV show. And in some ways, it doesn't hold up, but in some ways, it's just so great. And this news doesn't excite me at all because uh, this is just, uh, no, this is such a bad idea. It sounds awful. I don't know why they're doing this. It just sounds so awful. Leave my TV show alone, guys. All right, moving on. Uh, I wrote today an article on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've seen a lot of people online uh, ragging on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's just frustrated me a lot. So I wrote a little short article about this and uh, why I think that is. Um, and you should go read it. It's not a long read, but essentially I think that we've built up, us, uh, especially us nerds and people who already knew and loved Joss's work, we built up what he could do with a show so high, we set it on such a high pedestal that no show could ever attain to it. And we built those expectations up so that we were expecting to be wowed in ways that are not even possible. And certainly not in ways that we've ever seen from Joss before. And now the show can't attain to it um, and, you know, frankly, I mean, we forget, too, that that first episode, the pilot that people have hated so much, it was still a pilot, it, and it was subject to the problems all pilots have. It was overwritten and overwrought and, you know, trying to establish ideas and characters, and, and every one of Joss Whedon's pilots have had this issue, like any other pilot. And I think that you need to go back and watch the pilot episode of Buffy, if you don't believe me, one of Joss's most celebrated shows. If that pilot, and even if that first season was all we ever had of Buffy then we would—he certainly Joss would never have gotten to the helm of the Avengers. The show went on to do great things, and I love Buffy. But come on, let's, let's remember that we're in the opening uh, few episodes for S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's already a great show. Like, I'm already enjoying it a lot. So just give it a chance, people. It's a really good show. Stop ragging on it so much, and stop building up the expectations of a Joss Whedon show to places that it can never attain. So that's my advice to you on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's such a good show. All right, before I sign off, let's uh, let's talk about what you want to see this weekend in the theater. New uh, this weekend is uh, Captain Phillips, The Fifth Estate, and Machete Kills. So Captain Phillips looks like it's going to be another Oscar contender, if you ask me. It looks like a great film. It's based on real-life events, and it has at least one great actor in it, Tom Hanks. I don't recognize any of the other actors, uh, but I think it's going to be one of the additions to the Oscar nominations. And so I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a good film. It's the one I'm going to see this weekend, and I'm going to recommend it for you as well. The Fifth Estate, rated R. It's another one that I want to see, but I'm not going to get to see it this weekend. I'll have to see it next weekend. And I don't quite know yet whether it's going to be a good one. I think it will be. I hope it will be. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Machete Kills, rated R. Do not go see this film. Please do not go see this film. I, I don't want you to see this film. By the way, don't see this film. It looks like such a terrible film. I mean, I even had trouble in my What to See article. I try to put an image with each movie. I even had trouble finding an image that wasn't too over the top with, with uh, skin <laughs> and sexuality to post on Movie Bite and be comfortable with that. So if that tells you anything about the film, and it just looks like such a cheeseball movie, don't go see this film. Still in theaters is Gravity, highly recommended. Claudio with a Chance of Meatballs, Runner Runner, Prisoners. Rush, Don John, and Baggage Claim. For more on how I feel about those films and whether I think you should see them or not, be sure to check out my article linked up in the show notes. Well, that's all I have for this week. Speaking of those show notes, if you want to view those, you can find those online at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 51. If you'd like to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at TJDraperPro. You can also follow Movie Byte on Twitter if you want to stay up to date there with Movie Byte. That's twitter.com slash moviebyte. You can like Movie Byte's Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviebyte if you want to stay up to date with Movie Byte there. Of course, be sure to visit the website where I keep you up to date every weekday at moviebite.com. That's it. That's all I've got this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.